Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. I think it's a very important. Obviously, our goal is to win the division, but more importantly, I believe it's the way we finished. A minute six left, one point game. Fields lets it go. DJ Moore down inside the 15. Play clock at four. Good snap, good hold, good kick. Bears are back on top with 10 seconds to go. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Sponsored by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Justin Fields drives. The guys never wavered, so the guys in the locker room appreciate them for you know sticking beside me and you know believing in me. The guys never got too high or too low, and we fought and you know finished with it. Now, here's Kevin Powell. Welcome into another edition of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. I'm Kevin Powell. This is episode 77. Joined once again by Herb Howard from the Bigs, and uh, Herb. I want to get into a lot of Justin Fields talk with you because there's a lot of debate out there. A lot of people are on one side, a lot on the other side. But what were your initial thoughts from that Minnesota game, which was ugly at times? I actually found it somewhat entertaining, even though it was frustrating at times with play calling and some other things. Um, It was an ugly one. They found a way to win. But what were your takeaways from that Bears victory over Minnesota? Yeah, I think both. I think it was simultaneously frustrating, but also entertaining. I think that brand of football can be very entertaining. The defense played well. You saw, you know, four takeaways, and the Vikings had two takeaways. So it was definitely an entertaining game, even though it wasn't, you know, prolific in terms of points and offense. Uh, that being said, you take wins however you can get them in the National Football League, and the Bears certainly won't be apologizing for that one on Monday Night Football. Uh, as far as Justin Fields goes, I think, you know, wherever people, at this point in the Justin Fields debate, wherever people have been, that's where they will be, right? You got you got people who are pro-Justin, you got people who are not pro-Justin, uh, and, you know, depending on what side of you on, you'll say, hey, the offense, in terms of the game plan and coaching, needs to be better, or you'll say that Justin needs to be better. It is pretty incredible. I mean, during the game, and this is just based off social media commentary, you know, some people are like, this is the guy, this is not the guy. And then today I'm seeing stuff, Justin Fields is a guy. Some people say he's not the guy. I think they have a lot of – look, there are a lot of scenarios that can play out here. Right now they have the first and fourth pick, which is a good position to be in. Either way, Herb, I think they're in a very good position. I think they've got some nice pieces on the roster. Yes, there are big questions at the quarterback spot. Where are you at with it? Let's say – I'll give you the hypothetical. They have the top pick. Do they take Caleb Williams or do they build around Justin Fields? Yeah, I wouldn't take Caleb Williams or any other quarterback. I think with Justin Fields, I think that the ideal situation for them – would be to already have their quarterback question answered. And for me, I think they do. I think I've seen everything that you would want to see from your franchise quarterback in terms of Justin Fields' pure ability. Does the consistency need to get better? Absolutely. But I think it has gotten better. I think he continues to take steps forward. And, you know, the game plan on Monday night is very conservative. You know that that Vikings defense is exotic, and they bring a lot of different pressures. you got to get the ball in your hands quick. And so that, you know, was the reason for all the screens and all the lateral throws. And I think Justin, for the most part, executed that game plan pretty well. I really like how Chase Daniels goes about breaking down some of the quarterback play, including Justin Fields. And then watching his breakdown, there were really only three, you know, bad plays from Justin Fields in terms of the passing. Now, the two fumbles, that's obviously agreed that you cannot have those. Um, but in terms of his passing and reading the field and, and making the right decision, there are only three plays 
where maybe he should have done something different. And so I think Dustin had a pretty good command of, of what they wanted to do. I think he executed it pretty well. I think he's done that, you know, uh, the majority of the time that he's had the opportunity to, especially this year. And so I'm, I'm completely uh, convinced that Justin Fields is the guy that can lead this team to a Super Bowl. Just go ahead and build around him. You have all that draft capital. You're sitting at first and four right now, whatever it may end up being. Kind of be in a really good position to do a lot of things. I think that Ryan Poe has already shown himself to be very creative in how he'll utilize all of those resources. I think that you can answer a lot of questions in this upcoming offseason. Yeah, and if they if they do decide to trade that first overall pick, you're essentially auctioning off Caleb Williams. I, I know there's debate right now between Williams and May. I would be stunned if Williams is not the first quarterback taken off the board. But look, Herb, look at what they got for that first pick last year, right? Like. They've got a stud receiver in an offense that's been very inconsistent, in an offense that's been uh, without Justin Fields for four games and a D2 starting quarterback. He's fifth in the NFL in receiving yards. You feel good about D.J. Moore. Him being able to get D.J. Moore in that deal with Carolina was huge. But imagine what he can turn and multiply that first pick into when, again, you're, you're going into a draft where you have one of the highly rated prospect quarterbacks in a very long time. So to your point... I, I'm I'm not against that by any means, and you know I've been high on Justin Fields for a long time. His his physical ability, what he can do, we need to see the consistency and all of that. But they've got a lot of holes to fill, and and Ryan Poles got creative with that deal with Carolina, bringing DJ Moore here. Imagine what they can get and build around Justin Fields if they deal this this year's first round pick. Yeah, I think the one thing you got to be careful about with in terms of how creative you can get in this particular draft. That you, if you aren't going quarterback, you definitely want Marvin Harrison Jr. You, like you, you got to get that kid. And so you know, I, I don't know how much that limits your ability to drop back. I don't see him dropping past three. Two would even scare me. That kid is really, really good. Like, so, like I, I don't, I don't know that he gets past three. And you start talking about four and five, and I just doubt that you'll get a chance to get him. And I think he's one of those receivers like you saw when Justin Jefferson was coming out and Jamar Chase, one of those guys that can come in and have immediate success in this league. And you talk about pairing him with a guy who's already top five in receiving yards, putting him with Justin Fields. I think that could be a really, really uh, dynamic group of, of pass receivers. Uh, you throw Cole Komet in there and you see what happens with Darnell Mooney. So I, I really want them to work in this draft with Marvin Harrison Jr. And if the Bears, you know, say they stack another couple wins, then that pick, their own pick, will end up dropping maybe just outside of the top five. I don't think you get him there. And then it becomes, okay, well, how far can we move the Panthers pick before we risk losing what could be a generational receiver? Yeah, you look at the draft order right now. Bears 1, Arizona 2, New England 3, Bears 4, Washington 5, 6, Giants 7, Tampa Bay. Tampa needs a quarterback. Giants need a quarterback. Washington needs a quarterback. New England needs a quarterback. So to your point, Herb, I mean, I think there's a possibility – you know, that they still have two top five, top six picks. Um, and, and we'll see how it plays out. You know, I keep going. Like I, when I think about the Caleb Williams thing, it's kind of like in baseball when teams trade prospects. There's, there's always that hope and the idea of what can a player be, right? And, 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 and fans get so stuck on that, and they get glued to these prospects because it's this idea that, well, if you trade them away and they turn into a stud, it's going to be a bad move. But in reality, like most of them don't work out. And I get right. Caleb Williams might be a little bit different, and who knows what happens with May. But 
when you've had a lot of uncertainty basically forever at the quarterback spot, and now you've got Justin Fields who has shown you a lot of good things on tape. Again, building around him might be the best plan. And I know a left tackle maybe, another edge rusher, if you can land Marvin Harrison Jr., I think Bears are in really good shape moving forward, I think. Yeah, I mean, you look around the league, you just, just in terms of how many of these you know, highly rated quarterback prospects come into the league and actually develop into the generational talent that we keep hearing about. It's very, very few. I mean, you look around the league right now, and I don't know how many quarterbacks, maybe a handful of quarterbacks, that I'd rather have than Justin Fields in the NFL right now. And so, um, you know, this idea that, you know, you're going to have, you know, two or three guys that are going to come into this draft that are going to be, you know, better than better than him potentially and be these generational players, I think that's really, really ambitious and probably unrealistic. And so, listen, I think that if you have a guy that you can win with and if you can't win with a guy that has the toolbox that Justin Fields has, and I think the problem probably is, somewhere else other than the quarterback position, you can't win with him, then I think that's, I think that's more of a, of, a, of a coaching issue. And so, listen, if you don't have to fix that problem, don't fix that problem. you got a plenty of holes on this team that need to be addressed. Go ahead and address some of those with all the draft capital and, and, and salary cap that you have available to you in this coming off season. What, you think Matt Eberflus will be back next season? If I had to bet on him, I'd say I do think he'll be back next season. I think that... Um, you know, I feel like Ryan Poles came on gave him a pretty strong vote of confidence. I don't think he had to do that, so I don't understand why he would if he didn't truly feel that way about Flus. Um, now, is there a strong case to be made for firing him? Absolutely. I think everybody understands that. But interestingly enough, you can flip this thing around if you're Flus a little bit too and, and, and try to make a case for why you should keep this job. The Bears are 4-4 four and four in their last eight games. They should have beat Detroit. That could have had them at 5-3. and three. You go back to the Denver Broncos game, they win that one, which is a game they should have won. You're talking about them being 6-3 in their last nine games. You're also talking about a vast improvement on the defense since he's taken over as play caller. The defensive line has improved since Montez Sweat has got there. Uh, they've gotten, you know, two games in a row now with the defensive score, at least three turnovers for as a team completely in both of those games. So, like, I think that, you know, he can make a case for, hey, we're getting this thing in the right direction now. Am, am I buying that? I, I don't know if you're asking me if I'm betting that the Bears will. I think they probably will. Yeah, and if they do stick with Justin Fields, does Ryan Poles or whoever make the decision, Kevin Warren, really want to bring in an entire new coaching staff? You know, like exactly. if, if you're, if you're going to stick, stick with Fields, uh, probably have that continuity and continue. I, I don't know what Luke Getz's plans are. And look, I would say this, Herb, I realize it's, uh, you know, I don't know if everybody just has – PTSD from the Mad Nagy era, and everybody likes to go after the offensive coordinator and the play caller. I think Luke Getzey's done a pretty good job, for the most part, calling plays. I understand the Minnesota game got frustrating. And early on in that game, like I was fine with the screens, right? Like We knew, what did we talk about? Can the Bears make adjustments to this Minnesota defense? Because it was ugly the first time they met. Well, they made adjustments, didn't they? Like The play calling was much different. Now, at times, was it repetitive and kind of obvious what they were trying to do in the second half? Yeah, absolutely. And then when Fields finally threw down the field, what happened? A huge strike to DJ Moore, and they won the game. I, I don't I don't have the hate on Luke Getzey like so many Bears fans seem to. No, I think a lot of people just kind of hang on some of the bigger plays that stand out in your mind. You go back and talk, you go back to – the last week and you take the ball out of his hands in some crucial situations down the stretch. 
I think that's that's the reason for people to be critical of them. The screen game is boring, especially when it's not working. You know, people get frustrated with that, and we're going to start screaming about those things as well. But I do think I do think we've seen times uh, throughout his tenure, quite frankly, where where um, where Luke Gessie has made the proper adjustment and, and trying to put his players in best positions to succeed. And I think that it's it's all of them, right? He's had some shoddy play up front with the O line, especially talking about the center position. Justin is still developing. Nobody, by no stretch of the imagination am I saying he's a finished product. He has nothing to do with the problems here. He does. He's got to get better in, a, in some areas as well. But I think that, you know, um, Luke Gessie probably gets a little bit more of the blame than he should. I would give him more than I would give Justin, but I'm not I'm not so down on, on Gessie as as a lot of Bears fans seem to be. Yeah, neither am I. And I thought that game against Detroit from a couple of weeks ago, I thought the offensive game plan was great in that one. I mean, you think about how many yeah. lengthy drives they put together in that game, and I, I know late they got conservative. That's probably more on the head coach than the offensive coordinator telling them to eat some of the That's clock. Um, all right, five games remaining, Herb. They've got the Lions on December 10th at home at Cleveland, home against the Cardinals and Falcons. They wrap up the season in Green Bay January 7th. How many more games do you think the Bears will win? Listen, I think, listen, with the defense playing the way they are, I think they'll be in all of those games. And I think coming into this last stretch of, of those, you know, six or seven games that they had coming up, you wonder, okay, where can they find some wins? You kind of thought, okay, they can beat the Falcons and they could beat the Cardinals and maybe they can go up to Green Bay and beat a bad Packers team, but you didn't know how they look against the Lions. And again, that's a game they should have won. And then they go to Minnesota, which has been a tough place and they get a win there. And so if they can come back home after a bye, get rested, get healthy and, and perform the same way against Detroit and actually finish the game this time. Now you're talking about them winning two of the three games. You didn't really expect them to win before they get into the more winnable games. And so uh, if I had to put a number on it and they've got, They've got five more. I think they could. I think they could realistically win four of them, but I'd be absolutely shocked if they don't win at least three. Yeah, yeah. And before I let you go, Herb, the, the defensive side of the ball because we didn't really get much into it, but they they have been outstanding as of late, and they were dominant against Minnesota. Javon Dexter, I thought, had a nice game. I thought Montez Sweat probably had his best game as a Bear this season. Yeah. But credit to Matt Eberflus on that, right? Like that's his specialty. If you're a defensive minded coach, you were a defensive coordinator. That side of the ball better look good, and it has lately. So that's something Matt Eberflus can point to, I guess, when he tells us there's progress and and, and all of that. Yeah, he's a defensive-minded guy, so your defense needs to be good. And for a long time, they were hanging around the bottom, and you know now they've turned that thing around, and they've been they've been always good against the run, but now they're you know taking the ball away and creating turnovers, and you see them starting to get some consistent pressure on the opposing quarterbacks, and that has a lot to do with Montez Sweat and. Um, you know, Coach Luz acknowledged that, that, that the D-line coach, Travis Smith, had an idea to put Montez Sweat next to Yannick Ngakwe, and that, that served him well uh, on Monday night. Uh, I think that's how Montez got his first sack, and it created some pressure on a later play as well. I think Montez Sweat, you know, the, the, his second sack later in the game, or the half sack that he had, that was one of the bigger plays in the entire game. And so he's starting to make not just those, you know, being a difference maker or a multiplier for everybody else, but he's starting to make game-changing plays of his own. I think that's what you want from you know an elite pass rusher that you're that you're paying top dollars to. And so you hope he can continue to do that thing um, the way he has been, but also that the defense just continues to progress 
and they continue to, to take the ball away. Win your one-on-one battles. If you're a top-paid pass rusher, you have to win one-on-one battles, and I thought he did that quite a bit in that victory over Minnesota. That's a good sign. Yeah, that's absolutely what you want from him. He's got to be able to win one-on-one. When you're able to scheme him up to be one-on-one or the offense just shoots to try and block him one-on-one, he's got to win those, and he did that. So that's all you can ask for from him. He'll continue to be a multiplier just by the attention that he gets, and that's going to help everybody else. Justin Jones, you mentioned Javon Dexter, who should have had his first back um, on Monday night as well. Uh, Those guys continue to develop. And so, listen, I think the defensive line is heading in the right direction. And, again, you have – you know, some resources to be able to address that even further going into this offseason. So if you choose to go that route, uh, I'm sure there will be some options available, whether that's free agency or the draft. So they're going to continue to get better there. And then you, you just start to figure out, okay, where, what other holes do we have on this roster? And, again, if you are of the mindset that quarterback is not one of them, then you have a lot of uh, resources to be able to address the other one. That's Herb Howard covers the Bears for the Bigs. Follow him on Twitter at Herb Howard four one one. Where are you headed, Herb? Calling from the from the car. Are you headed to CHGO to see my guy Carm? I am headed to CHGO. I'm sorry about that. My thing is <laughs> no, beeping in here. I do apologize. <laughs> good. I meant to be at the studio before we jumped on, but yeah, I'm headed to CHGO. Uh, about to do uh, that show here live in a bit. Tell but, uh, you know, it's always a pleasure to be on with you, man. Thank you so much for having me. Great to have you, Herb. Tell Carm that I love him and I'll see him soon, okay? That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Carm. I don't know if I'm going to see him soon, but tell him I said hello. All those guys at CHO. Herb, Herb, you're the best. I'll talk to you, man. Thanks. All right, thank you. Appreciate it. That is episode 77 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast, sponsored by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive with Justin Fields Drives. Thank you to our local Chevy dealers. Thanks again to Herb Howard for joining me. Thanks to Ernie Scatton and Brian Altimer for their help producing the podcast. And thank you for listening. This was episode 77 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast.